0: Hey, everybody. Marty Griffin here with the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast that's designed to really help newer golfers or less skilled golfers get over that milestone score of breaking 90. Now, as you probably also know, this whole last month, we've done a special series all about breaking 80. It involves four cornerstone principles. We've got our short game because it's the part of the game we use the most. We have distance control and tempo because that's really one of the things that starts to separate good players from average players. We then have the ability to play under pressure. How do you perform when the chips are down? And then lastly, and arguably the most important, is your mental game, the deep and varied ocean that is mental game. So let's talk about it. All right, now before we dive deep into the Marianas Trench that is the (laughs) deep and varied ocean of mental game, I do want to remind you that we are running a special promotion. It only runs, though, until the end of September 2020, just a couple days left, and that is that you can sign up for the Golf Strategy Academy for just $19 per month if you sign up prior to the end of September 2020. Now, $19 per month, obviously cheaper than any lesson you'll ever find. I have a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can cancel any time going forward. But what this does is it gives you access to the Breaking 90 Blueprint and the Breaking 80 Blueprint, which is my custom series of practices designed to help you get over that score of Breaking 80, and then also access to me through the Golf Strategy Communities. You can ask questions. You can share with others. trying to build a community aspect in there as well. Now, again, that only goes until the end of this month, September 2020, but if you want to learn more, head to golfstrategyacademy.com slash breaking80. I'll drop the link in the show notes as well, but today we're talking about mental game, and for me, one of the tough things about mental game is really knowing what part of your game needs the most help, and you can probably guess because you know I'm a numbers geek, you have to start tracking data about your mental game. In order to improve it now that then poses the question of how do we track data on our mental game well I have something that I call the avenue to success on every single shot of your entire round you should doesn't mean you do but you should analyze you should visualize and you should execute AVE follow your avenue to success And what I really mean here is the analyzation part is something that most people are already pretty good at. They look at the distance, they look at the wind, it's all the standard stuff that you think about. Now, something I would encourage you to add to your analyzation game is just looking at the front of the green and back of the green distances as well. That is something that can give you a little bit more perspective and can help you when you're in that in-between club, help you decide on which one it should be for that shot. Visualization is something that you probably heard of, but you probably think is a crock of baloney. <laughs> and, and I say that because I have run over people everywhere that they say, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I know I got to visualize. And then I say, okay, well, what do you, what is, what do you want the shot to do? How do you see this shot going? And they'll say, well, I won't hit it on the green. That's not really what I mean by visualization. By visualization, I want you to actually envision the shot all the way from the swing. What's it going to do in the air? How high is it going to climb? How fast? What trajectory? Where is it going to land? Where is it going to hit? Where is it going to roll to? Where is it going to stop? I want all of that as part of your visualization routine. Now, if you're not sure how to visualize, the easiest way I have found is to just say it out loud. Just say out loud what you want the shot to do. Now, I was playing in a Chamber of Commerce fundraiser event this past week and I was asked by I wasn't asked. I I had said my visualization process out loud. We were sitting what was it was like 123 yards from the green. I had my gap wedge. I'm like, "All right, I want this thing to start at the right edge of the bunker. I want it to work back towards the flag. It's going to land just barely onto the green and release towards the cup, probably stop between five and 10 feet short. And the person I was playing with, the, the gentleman who had invited me, who I, I knew through an acquaintance, I'd never actually met him in person. He said, oh, that's some nice color commentary process. I'm like, well, that's not color commentary. That's exactly how I visualize my ball flight. And then that visualized ball flight then helps me determine how I want to swing the club. So I know that from 123 yards with my gap wedge, if I want to hit a draw that lands just onto the green, just onto the green was about 114, it was 123 to the pin. Just onto the green means that I don't need to put any extra effort into the shot because I know that my gap wedge normally goes just just a little shy of 120. And I just needed to stick to my three-quarter swing so I could really, really focus on line and the ball would get there and do what we needed it to do. And he stopped and he turned his head and he thought about it. And he's like, you know what? That is a really, really good idea. And we had time. So we ended up hitting another shot. This was a scramble. And he I had him hit another shot. I'm like, try that process for yourself. Whatever the club is, tell me how much effort you need to put into it, what you want the shape to be and where you would envision it landing and releasing to. And it was a really basic thing. He just went through his little checklist. He's like, it's a pitching wedge. I know it's a full pitching wedge because it's going to, it's going to get me onto the green. And that's my biggest concern is just getting onto the green. And I know that I tend to pull my irons a little bit, especially my wedges. So I'm going to aim a little bit, right? I'm probably going to pull it. It's going to fly straight the whole time though. And I should be on the green button for birdie. And he did that and he stuck to his plan. He followed through and it looked great. Now, when we get to the execution part, the execution is one where we get a lot of common misconceptions here. Execution is not, was the shot good? That is not what I'm interested in. Execution is, did I stick to my plan? Now, in the Breaking 80 Blueprint, we go over something that's taught by uh, P. Nilsson, Lynn Marriott and P. Nilsson called the think box, play box mentality. And the short and sweet version is when you're standing behind your shot, you're in your think box, you make the plan. When you step up to the ball, you hit the ball, you stick to the plan you just made. So our execution is a measurement of whether or not we stuck to our plan. It is a measurement of how committed we were to target line and swing. So in this circumstance from 123 yards for me with my gap wedge, there really was no commitment issue because that is right beautifully in the wheelhouse of that club distance wise. Now, if this were 100 and let's say 28 yards that I had to go, That would be me hitting a firm. Yeah, that'd be right between my gap wedge and my pitching wedge. That would be a really firm gap wedge or a manipulated soft pitching wedge. So if I had like 128 yards to go, I'm going to be right between clubs. And that's really going to test me on my execution phase. And really what this comes down to is just sticking to the plan that you made. Brad Faxon said that. A commitment to the wrong decision will often give you a better result than waffling over the correct decision. So basically, that means that if I step up to a 128 yard shot and I've got my gap wedge and I say, you know what, I'm going to hit my gap wedge, I'm going to hit it firm and I should make it there. And I do that, it's going to give me a better result than if I took a pitching wedge, which might be the correct club and said, Oh boy, well, you know, is, is this really a pitching wedge? You know, do I want to maybe be a little bit short and then I could use a gap wedge and a gap, wedge would be okay. You know, if I'm still wrestling with that, as I'm standing over the ball, I can't make a committed swing. And that's really what that execution part comes to. Now, if we were to look at PGA professionals and we were to measure their success in all three of these throughout their round, they are going to follow that full process probably 95 to 98% of the time, almost every single shot. You want to see what level you're at, and then you want to improve from there. So that's really what it comes down to with figuring out what part of your mental game needs work. And this is, this is just the surface level. You know, once we, we figure out, okay, is it analyzation? Am I, am I bad at figuring out distances? Okay. Then we look, are like, are your eyes lying to you? You know, do you you have like my home course has GPS on the carts so I can tap distances and see exactly where they are from the front of the green, back of the green, wherever. Or if I'm not playing at my home course, I've got a laser range finder. I know exactly how far the distance is every single time, all the time. So if I'm struggling on my analysis, maybe it's not really the analysis that's the problem. It's the distance control. So that would put me back into module two of the Breaking 80 Blueprint, where I'm going through and I'm fine-tuning that process a little bit more. Do I kind of give up on my visualization? All right, well, if I don't visualize very often, then that could lead to an increase in waffling and a lower score on my execution phase as well. And if I'm having a really hard time with my execution, then what we need to do is we need to go back to module three of the Breaking 80 Blueprint and focus more on how we perform under pressure because if we can learn how to cope with the pressure, it becomes a lot easier to be committed to whatever the swing is. And so that's really just kind of a nice brief overarching view of how you can start to analyze your mental game and see maybe where those cracks are. The other thing is kind of a, a course management course mapping part of your mental game. Now, If you're working on breaking 80, I'm probably not taking driver out of your hands too often. If you're working on breaking 90, I'm probably taking driver out of your hands a lot. (laughs) Because really what we want to do is we just want to get off the tee roughly 150 yards and not take a penalty. Like we just want to be able to hit our next shot to break 90. For breaking 80, you probably have a much better handle on your driver But that doesn't mean that you can't play your tee shots more intelligently. Could depend on the shape of the hole, could depend more on the length of the hole. But also when we start making our approach shots, one of the things that we really want to do when we're trying to break 80, we're trying to get that first score in the 70s, what we want to do is we want to get to the point where we are giving ourselves more volume of birdie putts. So we don't necessarily care if they're stuck beautifully to three and a half feet and they're basically a kick in. We just want to give ourselves a higher volume of birdie putts. So that means aiming center mass at a lot more greens. That means knowing your shot shape, And I probably shouldn't reveal this here because it's part of the Breaking 80 Blueprint, but knowing your shot shape to the point of determining how far out you can aim. What do I mean? Going back to our example with my 123-yard gap wedge, 114 to the front, 123 to the stick, I don't have any concerns about the distance, okay? I know that I hit a draw. I know on that particular shot, wind was going from right to left. So that means my draw is going to be enhanced. However, I cannot, and this is this is something that happens far too often, I cannot put myself in a position where I am penalized for a straight shot. How many times have you had that happen, especially off the tee, where you know, you play a draw or, you know, you play a fade. So you aim to that side of the fairway and then you laser that sucker dead straight as far as you've ever hit one. And then now you're in trouble because you hit the shot straight. <laughs> it's that same concept on a green. If I know that I draw the ball, that's fine. I can aim at the right-hand side of the green and try to draw the ball back to the pin. If that pin is on the right-hand side of the green, I absolutely, under no circumstances, can aim off the green to the right and try and draw it back to the flag. Because the last thing I want is to hit a straight shot, which is, let's be honest, what most of us are trying to hit. I do not want to be penalized for hitting a straight shot, and now I'm chipping instead of putting. So in that circumstance, if the pin is set up on the right-hand side of the green and I hit a draw, I'm taking dead aim at the flag and I'm just letting it come back to the middle of the green. If the pin is on the left-hand side of the green and I hit a draw, that's fine. I'll aim for the middle and let the ball move over. But under no circumstances, if the pin is on the right, am I going to aim off of the green just to try to tuck it in and have like a five-foot birdie putt? I would much rather have 10 attempts At a 20 foot birdie putt, than to have one five foot birdie putt, and then maybe four chips out of 10. You see what I'm saying? So if I have 10 shots and I aim off the green right 10 times, I might miss 30, 40% of those off the green. Those are now chips. And when we're chipping, our conversion percentage goes way down for par compared to a putt. So now, yes, I might have one five-foot birdie, but now I've got to get up and down four times. That sucks. If I just aim at the flag, if it's on the right-hand side and I play a draw, instead of off the green and trying to draw it to there, I might have that same 40% that Miss right well, guess what? Now I'm missing closer to the flag. That 40% might be 10-foot birdies. And then I'm pretty darn confident that the other, not not the other 60%, but at least another four or five of them are going to land on the green, and I'm going to have a 20- to 25-foot putt for birdie with that short of a wedge. I feel pretty darn confident hitting the green eight out of 10 times with a gap ledge because it's one of my favorite clubs. And I just know that I'm very, very accurate with it. So rather than put myself at a higher risk in aiming off the green, I'm just going to aim at the flag because it's on the right and I play a right to left shot. And I'm just going to hit my regular shot. If I miss hit it, I end up closer. If I don't, I end up where I planned. It's that easy. So kind of a sneak peek of one of our lessons in the Breaking 80 Blueprint. But that's one of our ways where we can start to shift our our course management, our course mapping, and get a lot higher conversion rate on our shots rather than having like this one miraculous shot that you get to talk about on the 19th hole when you're having a drink with your friends. Oh, yeah. Remember that one on sixteen. Man, I hit that sucker so close. What was it? Two, three feet? Oh, awesome. It was such an easy birdie. I loved it. Congratulations. But is it going to be that close the next nine shots out of ten? I'll tell you, it's not. So, risking it and going for the one big score versus playing slightly more conservative and still having a chance to convert. To me, it's easy if choice wise, but if you're still working on breaking 80, chances are you're still making that mistake of being too aggressive and not, not thinking of what could happen, only thinking of what you want to happen. So planning goes a long way with golf. You know that already mental game is one of the hardest things to master. That's why we want to talk about where our mental game is strong, where our mental game needs improvement. So we follow our avenue to success, play a couple of rounds tracking that. And all you're going to do is you're just going to track that for each hole. All right. I had a five on a par five. How many of those shots did I actually analyze? How many of those shots did I actually visualize? How many of those shots did I actually execute? All right. Well, you know what? I I was really, really good up until I got onto the green. And then I just spaced my visualization on one of the putts. So, you know what? For the visualization, I get four out of five. On the analyzation, you know what? Yeah. I read the greens. I read the wind. I read the distance. I did all that well. Five out of five. Execution, you know what? I didn't visualize that one very well, that one putt. And that's why I missed my birdie putt. So, you know what? I think I was still waffling on my decision. I only get four out of five on. The execution. So your score, your overall score for the whole was a five, but your analyzation score was five, your visualization score was four, and your execution score was four. So that's just a real easy process to track that. Do that for a couple rounds, figure out where you need the help, and then go work on that part of your game. Also, when you're on the course, just kind of keep keep that thought in the back of your head about that course management. Am I taking an overly aggressive line? What happens if I hit this ball perfect, meaning straight? And is that going to put me in trouble? Because you never want to be. That's the last thing you want is to be kicking yourself about a shot that happened just the way you wanted it to. So that's what we got for that for this week. If you follow those, you are going to sharpen your mental game drastically. And if you want help, if you want the specific practices that I refer to in these different modules. If you want the rest of my mental game lessons, you can sign up for the Breaking 80 Blueprint. Just head over to golfstrategyacademy.com slash breaking80. Again, I'll put I'll put the link in the, the show notes here in the description so you can grab it there. But keep in mind, only until September 30th, 2020, that is our last day of our $19 a month membership. Beyond that, the price is going up. And you're more than welcome to join after that point, but it will be at a higher cost. So you'll get access to the Breaking 90 Blueprint. You'll get access to the Breaking 80 Blueprint. And you will have access to me through the Golf Strategy Community. So until then, until next time, until next week, I'll catch you all in the short rest. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance, to other golfers your age, head over to parforsuccess.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.